0: My name is Leah. I finished a documentary called I Bleed, where I went on a journey to break the taboo and the negative cycle around periods in order to create a new one for my daughter Ava. In this voyage, I met a lot of interesting characters and learned a lot of things that I wasn't able to include in my film. So I decided to have them in a podcast divided in series. In this series of I Bleed, I explore alternative ways to look at our menstruation and experience our cycle. In this episode, I sit with Sinta Gonzalez, a human relationships coach, a writer, researcher, a seminar leader, and someone who has spent a lot of time working on conflict resolution issues. Sinta has been based in Dubai for the past 20 years and we meet in her beautiful villa. She invites me to sit down in a natural sunlit living room filled with positive energy where she talks to me about the ritual of giving her blood back to the earth the role of the masculine consciousness in our current negative relationship with our cycle, sex during periods, and the power
1: of our blood.
2: What made you interested in the world of menstruation?
1: Mm. I would say it started when I was in university. So I was in university in the early 80s. And I had the benefit of a wave of feminists before me that brought a lot of awareness to this. When I was in university, I had a lot of women's studies classes in in addition to my psychology major. And I learned, I started being more aware of a broader perspective. I wouldn't say that it it was so negative, but it it definitely, I was definitely affected by the society in which I had grown up in, in the US. And the women's studies programs took my my view and expanded it to something much better. And then, and then I had another wave when I read a book called Earth by Barbara Marsignac. And that took my sensitivity and education of menstruation to a whole nother level.
2: How would you define menstruation
1: now? Mm. Today, it makes me smile. Today I would define menstruation as a blessed opportunity. A blessed, I mean, it can make me cry. It's a blessed opportunity to have a communion with the earth, with the earth cycles, with that sensitivity of that that connection we have with earth and the magnificence of the power of these earth cycles. We are so interlaced and interconnected with them when we menstruate. We're connected with them all the time, but it's so palpable, it's so real. Life, our life, our normal day-to-day whatever modern life it has to be affected in some way to honor what's happening and i love that i love that that communion
2: and has your view on menstruation changed over
1: time when i was an adolescent so i began menstruating when i was 12. when i was an adolescent it was something actually that i learned i had my own inner kind of experiment, I had my own inner laboratory about what menstruation was and how that changed. And I would say it was related to diet and exercise. So that I saw that when I became vegetarian at 17, 18, my periods changed in terms, in the sense that I had more, um, I had less pain, less cramping. And then when I noticed, then I noticed that when I would exercise well, I had very little discomfort. So that was my own little personal laboratory. And then it changed when I was in university, the exposure to women's studies and the awareness of the earth and the moon cycles and living with other women. I always lived with other women in housing situations and we'd all bleed together. And the the awe of that, the glory of that, and then the inquiry, why is it that we're bleeding together? What is that about? So that was huge. And then it changed even more after I read the book Earth. And that's when I started giving regularly my blood to the earth every single month. Why why,
2: why do you you think this, this ritual is
1: so important? That blood was meant to go to feed a fetus. And if it's not been, if that egg was not fertilized, that womb was already like, okay, little fetus, come along. I'm ready to nourish you. And if no little fetus was conceived, then that blood sloughs off gently and releases itself. But that blood, to think that just like I was created and nourished to be a healthy, whole human being, that that nourishment could be used in a way, rather than putting it down a sewage system, what would it mean to give it back to the very earth that feeds me and keeps me nourished day to day anyway? So it's this absolute beauty of a recycling. And secondly, it's loaded with so much nutrition. What's so fascinating about menstrual blood, it's the only blood ever that we can have from in the mammal community in in terms of how we relate to it. That means no death, no sacrifice. There's no vibration of death or violence or harm or or just that it's like a, a body that's died. It's a living blood that we have access to. And it's potent and when we give it to the earth it is giving a a level of fertilization to the earth like no other actually and that for me that participation it became alive it was no longer this hassle or this discomfort or this thing that i had to hide or this thing that i had to pretend no i can keep up no i can be an active woman no i'm no less credible in terms of who I am as a professional because I'm bleeding none of that it took on a whole new rhythm of oh my gosh I get to take this blood and contribute it and then in my research what I've learned is that menstrual blood carries because where does blood come from it comes from our bone marrow and when we have the expression it's in my bones or you know blood is thicker than water what what are these things saying, what they're saying is that there's ancestral lineage that's coming through. So my DNA becomes decoded more and more with the conscious intent that I bring to my blood. And when I'm offering it as not a sacrifice out of death or violence, but out of a a willingness and a desire to give it, to nourish back the next, anyone, not even just the next generations, nourish everybody that there's something so you know it's it it all connects to fertility i mean where is that menstrual blood in the first place it's coming from the whole spirit of fertility to nourish a fetus so i am nourishing the earth back as it nourishes me so so there's that um yeah
2: but why do you think it's such a problem like you know why is menstrual blood per se why has it become such a problem related to shame related to being dirty disgusting and even within like the abrahamic religion per se they have such they've given it such a negative
1: yes i think there's a few reasons i think it's first of all the whole the whole patriarchal religions there it's been a moment in our evolution it's been a, it's been a moment in our evolution of how we are evolving in consciousness. It's had its place. There have been big lessons we need to learn from it. Thank goodness we're 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 starting to to wake up as a mass about that. And we see there's I could do all kinds of anthropological you know discourses on that. But it's uh, it's this place where there's been a division from the feminine. It's been a place where the wisdom of the feminine has been cut off. And I would say out of fear, out of fear. It's, you know, there's a saying that anything that is not love is a call for love. And I see this, I see this in my work as I'm in the healing profession, that the masculine consciousness is very fractured in our world today. It is begging for healing. Sometimes it goes to that healing in very disjointed ways, but, that break was, it's almost like what they call in the creation myths, the fall. It's disconnected from essence. And, and one of the things that is connected to that is it's power, but it's false power. It's the fear of vulnerability. Rather than seeing that our strength actually lies in our vulnerability, it's fear of that vulnerability. And that's that fear of that emotional world. There was also a time in terms of history with the the emergence of the patriarchal religions, there was a lot going on also politically. And, And the church and the political bodies always joined forces. And so there, but again, if we go even beyond the specifics of that, it's a quality of power. It's, we had to learn the lesson because females can also contribute to the patriarchy. You know, we see this with clitoridectomies, you know, female circumcision, many females will enforce it. It's that place where they themselves have introjected, all individuals have taken on the projection that feminine is bad, feminine is less than, it's not as sophisticated, it's not as credible, rather than seeing the wisdom in it. And so then what happened is that there was, there was this fear of, of the power of a woman menstruating, and because also what happens is when women live close together, as I mentioned earlier, they bleed together. So that's a collective force at the same time that is enlivened. And what happens when we bleed? When we bleed, we become more intuitive. We become more extrasensorial We We start to be able to not only be sensitive to what is out of alignment, but we can't help but name it but roar it, but exclaim it. And so that, for anyone that is fearful of those more inner introspective journeys and want to stay attached to to external power, that would be a very threatening thing. So if you have a collective of women who inevitably are all bleeding together, and then you take all that awareness, then it's like, oh no, if I'm attached to false power, we got to make that bad. What... In an ideal world, what and we're seeing this more and more, and I've definitely had this in my two of my last relationships, where when I'm no longer bleeding today, but when I was bleeding, that when I would bleed, I would let them know, you know, it's coming, and get, let's get ready, let's get ready, whatever I'm going to download, let's get ready, and the last two men I was with, they were actually, it was there was teasing, there was sweetness. There was sometimes like, oh no, here it comes. You know, here comes the oracle. It was, I'm going to have to grow and and you're going to help transform me. And my ego is not going to like this, but I bow to you energetically. I bow, and sometimes maybe literally, I bow to you for where you are going to be a channel of truth that is going to help me be a more evolved being. Thank you. I can't wait even though I I wish, like, okay, here we go, fasten my seatbelt. What's gonna come out of your mouth? What is your body gonna access that is going to actually serve me? Now that would mean we need a man who is more evolved and is in touch with those, that he's more balanced in his feminine energies and his masculine energies and doesn't see me as a threat, sees me as an asset, sees me as an ally. You're going to help me become a more integrity-bound male. Bring it on. When I was a teenager, I remember the two words I would hear people say all the time. And I I think, one, I didn't have older sisters, so I hadn't had any influence until I was around my peers. I would hear the word, I'm on the rag, or I've got the curse. And I remember, maybe it's because there's a part of me that's a linguist and I love language and I love writing and I love playing with language. I never, it never went in. I remember more curious, like, why did you say that? Because I had never heard those words. Now, my mother was very discreet about her periods. So there was no language. But to hear, like I said, I didn't have older sisters. So I had never heard that language until I was an adolescent, until I was bleeding myself. And it was, I'm on the curse. Uh, no, I've got the curse or I'm on the rag. And I remember the rag, it just sounded so, so negative. Like rags to me were old clothes you cut up for dusting or for cleaning up messes that that were so messy that it could get, like it was disposable and you wouldn't ever want it around. They were like icky, you know, they were like, they were rejects, rags were rejects. And then, and then also too, just the, there's like this putting a reject, dirty old rag in you to collect your blood rather than like something much more open and receptive and positive. So that jarred me. And then the curse, like, what am I cursed for? Why am I on the curse? Like, what would I be cursed for? And those two words I can remember as an adolescent. What what does that really mean? And it didn't go in. But I did know you stay silent. And then the other thing is that just it's just coming now the memory. I would have been 14, 15, and I was at my boyfriend's. I was meeting his mom the first time, and they had a beautiful white sofa, beautiful white sofa, and I started to bleed. And I got up, and there was a red spot on the sofa, and I I hadn't expected my period. And I was mortified. I was mortified. She was so cool about it, and she is very much an evolved feminist. She was so cool about it, And I remember just being so grateful, but I was very scared of all the males, like my boyfriend, his brother, anyone else, his dad coming in later, anyone knowing. Oh, she did that, and so there. That was a that was a moment of deep shame. Rather than it could have, you know, nobody said a word. I mean, the mother was very kind, but. uh, But you felt
2: shame. I did.
1: I felt shame automatically, like I, I, yeah, one. I mean, one for dirting something that you know, like I should have been more in control. I should have been on it better. You know, I should have been preempting that. But I was so young. I'd only been bleeding a couple years. Like I, I wasn't tuned in. I had no education about how to really work with the signs. I mean, no, nobody talked about that. How to, how, to be, how to be aware, how to embrace what's coming. Yeah, but also
2: like the thing is if you cut your hand, if you cut your hand and you
1: bleed, you wouldn't feel so ashamed but because it's coming from an intimate part of my body. Yeah, definitely.
2: So that maybe also plays a role in the disgust related to yes. menstrual blood because
1: it comes from... It comes from those lower parts, whether it's the anus, whether it's the urethra, whether it's the vagina. It's like things that, you know, liquids that are all kind of underground and we don't see and they're never visible. Mm-hmm. The other thing too on that too, in, in earth, another quality or another piece that she writes about in Earth is that about having sex during your period. And she says that actually any man, first of all, you should never have sex indiscriminately when you have your period, ever, because you are so wide open. You are so sensitive, but that actually it's a beautiful thing to have sex during your period. And I I can't even use the word sex, really, I would say to make love during your period, because. You infuse the male consciousness because he will absorb that blood inevitably. I mean, it will go in and somewhere, even just absorb into his skin on his penis or wherever. And it's, that blood is such an elixir. It is such a potent life force, sustaining medicinal quality that his consciousness will be raised by making love with a woman when she's, if there's a love relationship. Because if not, then it'll be, there will be all the negative energies that will come in and be dissociated. But if it's a true communion, a true union, it's a very, very positive thing. Unlike many religions say stay away from her when she's on her period. Now, yes, I mean, I can say from experience, you know, it's, it's uncomfortable having sex, especially the first day, You're, you feel raw, you feel very tender, very vulnerable. But afterwards, you know, when, when the, the bigger bleeding has happened, it can be it can be a really beautiful thing
2: you know i always uh, thought that when um, like women commit acts that are looked at as outrage. I always wanted to do a research and find out if a lot of the women who are in prison for example committed their acts when they were under period i great just feel question. you know the way i live my period I just feel when i'm on my period i can't control myself you know mm-hmm. i just there's
1: no way, it's like physically, mentally. I'm um, so yes. I just. Do you feel that menstruation plays a role in the this, this psychology of Absolutely. Women? And particularly if a woman is a full moon bleeder. Women tend to be their new moon bleeders, full moon bleeders. It doesn't mean the rest of their lives are going to be a full moon bleeder. Just we go on cycles, depends on whether females come in, what, what other females come into our, our periphery. But um, when you take the full moon and you take bleeding together, that is a very powerful force. Why? See, what's so wonderful, I got into astrology very much so in 1987, and I realized that actually every woman is, is into astrology without her knowing it by the fact that we always bleed with a movement of a celestial body on the planet and its, and it's cycle. So if the moon is having its influence on my periods all these years, also most babies are born around the full moon. The grand majority of babies are born the day after the day of, or the day after or the day, yeah, the day of the day before of the full of the full moon, and the full moon in terms of you just take the archetype, it's when all that light is shining on the moon. The moon is in its magnificence. The moon represents the unconscious. It represents that inner realm. And then when you shine, imagine taking a big torch and shining it on that unconscious. All those slithery little things that want to hide out and it stay quite tame they can't help but come out and then if you're bleeding and you're in even more of that heightened state of bleeding watch out but again i say watch out because see so often what's happened with women is that we have discounted those inner knowings those those cries of justice those that that place where we're calling the patriarchy on on malaligned behavior and because there haven't been up until recently enough males that have said thank you thank you for being my mirror back of where i'm not holding space with the highest integrity thank you i love it so that we as females haven't come in with a positive attitude like wow what's gonna what's gonna come up where am i gonna go with this what's gonna reveal itself And sometimes within ourselves, it's not pretty. It's often pretty, you know, in the Indian uh, tradition, in the Hindu tradition, there's a goddess called Kali. Kali is the goddess of rage and anger, but she's the, the ruler of ego death. As she's in all her rageful glory, she wears around her neck, a necklace of skulls. The skulls symbolically represent every ego she managed to have slayed. And that is what we become. We become Kali if there's reason to become Kali. If there is ego that's needing to be slayed within ourselves, within ourselves, or in the environment around us, whether our immediate environment or the political socio-environment that we're in, we're gonna screech, we're gonna become a banshee, we're gonna yell, because that's how much the earth and creation loves us to to give us this function to be the truth-sayer. You know, as like anything, we teach by example, we teach by example. So because so many females have been, I mean, all females have been subjected to misinformation from the patriarchy, and we've internalized it and we've introjected it and carry on its pur- propagation, is that as we show that example, as we just live it, as we, for example, what I'm imagining is that you know households where the mother says to the sons and to the boys, you know I'm, I'm on my moon right now, and I'm just going to take it easier today. Or let's say the child comes down and says, Oh, well, mom, you're you're not at the gym. Why aren't you at the gym? I'm on the moon today. I'm going to just take it easier. Having that quality of oh well, you know it's it's that time of the month, and you know if, if how we celebrate it, how we embrace it is everything, and. Um, so it's, to me, that's that's, where, that's how things will change as well. And I think too, you know, I don't have a son, but you know, to, to edu- to, that they start early learning about that and paying reverence to it. Because like anything, the more we pay reverence to it, we teach people how to treat us. So as we treat ourselves with that reverence, we will invite that same reverence for ourselves. That will be the ethos. That will be the nomenclature of the household. This is this is the time, it's like looking at it as an honor, I'm so fortunate, this is my time, and I'm, I'm gonna be gentler with myself at this moment. Great. Hmm. That's it. Thank you, Leah. Oh, Leah, this was great.
0: I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to tune in next week to listen to another interview with another expert. If you are a menstruator and would like to share your first period story with us, or if you want to check out other first period stories, the trailer of my personal documentary, and a cool period art project I'm working on, please visit my website on ibleed.com. That's i-bleed.com. Thanks for listening.